That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. My friend Delora McLeod told us about a clarity challenge. It was something that she heard from Alex Banian, who wrote the book, The Third Door. Now, before I talk about The Third Door, I want to talk more about the clarity challenge that Laura introduced us to. It was the idea of answering three questions every day for a month. Now, the three questions that we were to answer is, what filled me with enthusiasm? What drained me? And what did I learn about myself? The idea was to take a fresh notebook with no other writing, brand new, and every day write these three questions and answer them to the best of your ability. Now, you have the option that you can do it first thing in the morning You can do it in the evening. The idea is that you pick a time, preferably the same time every day, and put out your reflections on these questions. And so I decided that, you know what, I'm interested in wanting to do it because the idea of clarity is to get clear on things. And I've got a lot of stuff going on right now. I've had that going on for actually quite a while. And so I was eager to find a system that might help to give me that clarity that I really needed. Now, what's interesting about doing this is that I've in the past tried and tried and stopped and tried and stopped and journaling, keeping a diary, gratitude journal, whatever, whatever it is, I've tried so many different things and I stay with it for a little bit. And then I just give up. (laughs) I just, I'm not even sure why I give up. Maybe I think it's too much work or maybe I don't want to see what I'm writing, you know, because when you, you take pen to paper and you're doing that stream of consciousness, taking your thoughts from your head and putting it down on paper, perhaps part of me was a little hesitant to actually read what I was putting down. And, you know, could be other reasons, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this clarity challenge and see what happens. And what was interesting about it, because the whole idea of getting clarity is to look back at how you're answering these questions to see if there's some sort of a pattern. You know, is there something holding you back? Is there something that you are unconsciously doing? 
and need to be aware of it in order to perhaps making some changes or to consider why there is that pattern of whatever it is that you're uncovering. And I have to say, I actually completed (laughs) the entire month. I picked up this beautiful teal notebook and I bought a a teal pen, of course, that writes in blue. I thought, if I'm going to do this, I want to go all in and really make it something to look forward to. And I chose to do my my reflections on the on the questions the next day. So I would do it the morning after the previous day. And the reason I chose that is because doing it that night, I guess I could have done that to reflect on what had happened during the day and and answer those questions. But I found for myself that if I sleep on it and wake up the next morning, I found that speaking of clarity, I had a little bit more clarity about what had happened the day before. And I noticed patterns in what I was doing. And I would look back on previous days to see if I had answered those questions the right way. What I'm enthusiastic about or enthused about or looking forward to was easy to answer. It was, you know, something special, something interesting, something that I knew was going to be happening. And I knew that I was going to be enthusiastic about whatever it was. And it didn't necessarily have to be something hugely important. It could be actually anything, you know, coffee with a friend, going for lunch, dinner with the cousins, starting a new workout, you know, it, it really didn't matter what it was, but it was the idea that I was looking forward to something. What was interesting though, was the question about what drained me. And I noticed that for myself, what drained me was not keeping true to my energy. Now, I've I've spoken about this before, that when I'm not aligned with my energy, I feel that I am struggling. I'm struggling. It's like I'm, I'm fighting against something. And I'm typically fighting against myself because I, I'm not in alignment with my energy. And I started noticing a pattern that I wasn't keeping track of things, you know, so I ended up missing some appointments. And that made me feel, I don't want to say upset, but it bothered me. It bothered me to the point that I thought, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And in terms of time management, I'm not the best at it. So I try, I I keep appointments on my phone and then I have a calendar on the wall and I have my planner. And somewhere between the three of them, (laughs) I miss, I miss appointments. I miss, I miss things and maybe I have too many things. So what came out of this exercise of, of trying to find clarity is that I need to find just one thing to do. And that's my planner. And that's where I put everything. It doesn't matter what it is. I put it down. Oh, I still have it on my phone. But what I do is when I come home, let's say I'm at the hairdressers and okay, let's make an appointment for next month. All right. So we check the schedule. Yep. This is available. This works for me. Great. I put it in my phone. But then what I do is when I get home, I transfer it to my planner so that it's immediately in the planner and I don't run the risk of double booking myself, which I've done in the past. (laughs) Let me tell you, when you have to wait another month for your haircut, if you have long hair, it's usually not a big deal, but I have short hair. And when I have to wait another month, I feel like 
bride of Frankenstein, you know, my hair, you know, is all over the place. And, and so it's really important for me to find a system that works for me. And that came out of my exercise in the Clarity Challenge. And so I'm forever grateful to Laura for introducing this to our group. And it's something that I've decided that even though the month is over, I'm going to continue doing this because it's important for me. It's proved how important this is to me to find those things that are draining me and also to think about what I learned about myself. Because sometimes, you know, I I mentioned that I didn't want to do the journaling or anything because I was afraid of what I'd find out. But now I'm looking forward to answering those questions for myself. What did I learn about myself? What lessons did I learn? What can I apply to my systems, to my life, to my schedules, to whatever it is I'm doing to make sure that I'm making it a better experience for me? And in a way, when I'm writing in my notebook, I feel the sense of calmness, you know, the feeling of being mindful, because I think about what happened the day before and how I'm feeling about what happened. And I think that it's it's made a big difference for me. And again, it's something that I think I want to continue. And even if, like, just to keep looking back and see, again, if there's other patterns that come out of it, maybe it will be more things that I'm enthusiastic about versus what's draining me. It's living in my energy. It's honoring my energy. And it's interesting that Laura heard this from Alex Banyan. Now, I read The Third Door. It's about a couple of years ago now. I read it. And I was intrigued by the idea of that third door. Now, in case you haven't read the book or you haven't heard about what that means, I want to share what Alex writes about the third door. So there's the first door. That's the main entrance. So the main entrance to whatever building you're going into, it's your house, it's a restaurant, it's a business, it's a store, it's a nightclub, it's whatever it is, that's the main entrance. That's where the line curves around the block, where 99% of people wait around hoping to get in. So when you think about the nightclub, I remember, this is a number of years ago, the Palomino uh, was a nightclub and it was located on Portage Avenue in the West End. And Thursday nights were ladies night. And then of course, Friday and then Saturday. And there would be lineups around the block. And of course, there, there's the, the capacity. And you know if they're over capacity, they don't let you in and then you have to wait. And if it's the weather is nice, it's okay to wait outside. But when it's winter and you're standing outside in the cold, half the time it's like, you know what? I'm not waiting. I'm just going to go home. But then you miss being in the Palomino. Then there's the second door. That's the VIP entrance where the billionaire, celebrities, and people who have a way of getting in that second door and they slip through. And so they they don't bother. They're not waiting in line to go through the main door, the first door. They're going to the second door. And sometimes the second door is the back door. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that is. But then what no one tells you about is that there's always the third door. 
It's the entrance where you have to jump out of line, run down the alley, bang on the door a hundred times, crack open the window, sneak through the kitchen. There's always a way. And I like to think about that third door because you've seen it in movies. Somebody's going through the kitchen or somebody is finding another way of getting around. You know, first door, like the front door isn't working, the back door isn't working. You know, they're going through a side door, they're going through the window, they're going through the cellar, they're going, there's always a way out of it. And the idea that Alex thought about the third door is he started on this, I want to call it an experiment, or maybe it was a mission that he talked about. And he wanted to interview famous people. He wanted to interview Bill Gates, Steven Spielberg, Warren Buffett, and so on and so on. And the reason he wanted to interview them is because at the time he was floundering a little bit. He was in pre-med and it wasn't working for him. He realized that this is not where he belonged and he wasn't sure what he wanted. He was thinking perhaps business in a way. And who better to perhaps offer some guidance than Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, Steven Spielberg, because even though they were famous and, you know, very successful and very wealthy individuals, they all started from nothing. They all started because they got a break. They somehow found that third door for themselves. And so he wanted to find out how they did that. What was it that gave them that break? And he wanted to learn for himself, but also to put together, obviously, the book to share with others that there is a way that you can find that third door. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. And I think about for myself over the years where actually I've been called professionally persistent because I look at it as if, if there's a way to find something, I'm going to find it. And so sometimes not actually literally going through a door, but perhaps trying to reach someone in another way, either by phone, email, text, showing up in person, whatever it is and not able to get through to find the person that you want or the, the thing that you want to do. And so thinking, you know, outside the box, which is an overused phrase, but truly it is, it's sitting down and saying, okay, so if I need to find someone, I need to have that meeting with that person for whatever it is, and they're not responding to my calls or not responding to my texts, I can't get through the gatekeeper. How else am I going to be able to find them? And so then you start thinking about, who their connections are. You know, 
Do they belong to a gym? Is there a particular restaurant that they go to? So it's, it's requires to do a little bit of research to find out what their patterns are. And then perhaps by doing that, then you can find a connection, you know? So for instance, with uh, Steven Spielberg in the book, Alex talked about how he heard that Steven Spielberg was speaking to film school students. And even though he was not in film school, he decided that he was going to attend. And so he, he connected with someone who said, okay, we're not allowing students, but if you wear a nice suit, you can be my assistant and you can hopefully get a chance to be next to Steven. So he did that. He wore a nice suit, showed up, waited for his opportunity. And then finally, when Steven Spielberg was leaving and heading to his car, he called out and introduced himself and said, I was a student. And Stephen responded, oh, I finally get a chance to speak to a student. And they were chatting and Alex shared some of the information that he was looking for and on his mission and what he wanted to do. And something about what he said to Stephen, Steven Spielberg got his assistant to say, okay, well, here's, here's my credentials, get in touch with me. But before that could happen, it's either the instructor or someone in charge of the, the school came by and snatched that information out of his hand and basically berated Alex for doing what he was doing and that he was not supposed to be doing that. But yet somehow Alex managed to book that interview with Stephen because of how he was able to get through the third door. And the third door in this case was finding out where he was going to be and then making that happen for himself. Now, I don't want to tell you any more about that because yeah, I want you to read the book because it is a really good book. And something else that Alex talked about is that when he became overwhelmed with maybe anxiety or, you know, he's, he's awestruck at meeting his idol, he calls itself the flinch where it's if he's frozen and he doesn't know what to say. And so he, in that moment, if you don't say something, that moment is gone. And you can never get it back because when are you going to be able to see whoever it is that you were waiting to see? And that's happened to me as well. The idea where I'm so enamored or so excited to meet someone that when I get the chance, I see the person and I want to go say something. It's like I'm frozen. I can't speak. <laughs> and the opportunity goes away and it's like, oh, I wish I had said something. So finding your voice, not worrying about that flinch as, as Alex mentions was really important. And when I mentioned about the gatekeepers, okay, the gatekeepers are the secretaries, they're the receptionists, they're the executive assistants, whoever it is that is basically protecting the person from either themselves or from others. They are the ones that are vetting anyone who should be interviewing with them, connecting with them, making deals, whatever it is. Because otherwise, people would be inundated with phone calls and emails and so on and so forth. So there's there's not just the gatekeeper, but there's probably um, a, a team of people, a team of staff who are dedicated to protecting whoever that is, making sure that they keep on schedule and keeping some of the crazies away. Because when you look at social media and you you look at the trolls and you look at people that are just I, I don't even know what to say, but, you know, so it's keeping, 
I want to say the crazies out of it. And I don't mean that in, in a bad way, but just someone who's maybe perhaps overzealous and, you know, I'm, I'm your biggest fan and I want to talk to you and I have this idea for a movie or I have an idea for a book and it can go on and on and on. So the gatekeeper basically is there again to protect and vet. And if there's something that comes of interest to then present that information to whoever, whomever they are, are protecting or working for. And so Alex found a way of getting through to the gatekeepers in his own, I guess the way he describes it in the book is very endearing, but he was able to find a way of connecting and I guess stressing how important it was on his mission of of what it is that he wanted to do. Now I have to say it wasn't always successful, but the old adage, you know, if you don't succeed, try, try again. (laughs) And so that's what Alex would do. He would try and if it didn't work, okay, I've got to find another way. You know, it's like if plan A doesn't work, you don't obsess about plan A not working. You move on to plan B, C all the way to Z. And you are trying to find a method, trying to find a way to make whatever it is that you're trying to do work. Whether it's meeting someone, perhaps securing a deal, a sponsorship, whatever it is, if it's really important to you, and and that's that's the key. If it's really important to you, you will find a way to get it done. You know, when I've actually done that myself, where if I've wanted to get in touch with someone, I would connect and I would be, as as I mentioned, I, I've been called professionally persistent. There's a fine line between you are trying to connect and it's like, hey, it's me again, versus overdoing it. And so now, now they're really annoyed. It's like, you know, okay, stop. <laughs> don't email me. Don't, don't send letters. Don't what, do whatever it is. Like, stop, just leave me alone. So there's that fine line between you are getting their attention and they're super annoyed and that's it. They want nothing to do with you. And in the book, Alex explained there were a couple of times where that happened to him. And fortunately, he was able to learn his lesson. But I myself, I'll give it some time and just a little reminder, hey, it's me again. You know, I'd love an opportunity for you to talk. But it's giving them something that is going to pique their interest. So why would I want to get in touch with you? Why would I want to get involved in what you're doing? Give me a reason to do that. Give me a reason why this is important. If I can see it's important to you, but why is it important to me? And it's finding that way, first of all, to figure out, okay, why is this important to you, whatever it is, that you are going to go out of your way to try and get in touch with this person. Because I've done that. I've done the research. I've you know gone online and I've talked to people and used my connections because it was important to me. And it's that drive, it's that desire that you want to accomplish whatever it is that you want to. You know, when you think about, you've written a book, okay, and you want to get it published. So you send out your manuscripts to different publishers and you get those rejection letters and you might feel a little defeated or you might decide to say, okay, so maybe I'm going about this the wrong way. Maybe if I, instead of sending out my manuscripts with a letter to publishers who have never met me, what if I decide that I'm going to show up in person? Or perhaps you find out from, again, check with the gatekeeper, where are they going to go for coffee? Where are they going for lunch? And you happen to show up 
where they are. They still don't know who you are or where you are or, or what you're doing, but you can pretend to be reading from your manuscript, perhaps, and perhaps reading certain lines out loud and laughing to yourself. And that's the thing, you know, laughter, smiling, usually get people's attention. And so the idea is that perhaps the publisher that you are trying to get attention looks over and wondering, you know, what it is that you're laughing about. And whatever you are doing to try and strike up that conversation is what is going to get you that foot in the door. And that's what you need. You need that foot in the door and then the rest is up to you. Because in the case of Steven Spielberg, the way he got started, he has talent and he has the drive, but then so do so many others that want to get into film to be a director or get involved in in the film industry. And what he did is that he showed up on the movie set. I forget which one it is. I'd have to go back (laughs) to to the book and read it again. But he dressed the part. And that's the thing. They, they say, you know, dress for the career, dress for the job that you want. And so he, he dressed for the job. He had a briefcase. He walked around. He asked questions. He talked to people. He got to know the security guard at the gate to the point where Stephen would show up. And it's like, hey. And they recognized him because he was there all the time. And he spoke to someone about wanting to somehow get into being a director. And they asked the question, well, what have you created? Like, have you, do you, have you done anything? And he says, well, yes, as a matter of fact, I have sent him the short movie that he put together. And the person that he, he gave that to contacted somebody higher up and said, I've got this project. I want you to look at it. And he's like, well, I've got all these other ones. No, this is really important you need to look at this. And he did. And then that's when they put Steven Spielberg under contract. Now, because he put in the time, he showed up, he knew what he had to do to get in that third door. And that's what he did. He showed up, walked around, spoke to people, learned what he needed to learn about the film industry. And then when there was that opportunity, he took it and that made all the difference. And it's interesting to think about the ways that you can make things happen for yourself. You know, I know people talk about luck. Oh, you're so lucky you get to do this. Well, luck really has nothing to do with it. It's really the hard work, the dedication to what it is that you're doing, your vision, your why of why are you doing this? What is the purpose of you doing whatever it is that you're doing? And the hard work because you need to work at it. You can't just wish for it to happen, right? Because a wish is a dream. And unless you put in the work, it may or may not happen. Because now you're leaving it to chance. I wish somebody would notice me. I wish somebody would give me a job. I wish somebody would publish my book. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. And instead, doing the work. Who can I connect with? Who can I talk to? Where can I find an ally? Where can I find someone that is going to help me with my mission, my purpose? And it's making that luck happen for yourself. You know, it's being dedicated to doing the research, knowing who you need to talk to. Because sometimes we're afraid or it's like, ah, you know, I don't want to bug them because you're so important. 
Well, (laughs) no one's that important. We're all the same at the end of the day, but it's having the courage. It's having the courage to make things happen for yourself. It's having that desire to make a difference for yourself. Because really, no one else is going to do it for you. Because you have to do the work. I love the lessons that I'm reading from The Third Door. The experiences that Alex was able to go through and just the creativity, you know, and thinking about, okay, what else can I do? Where can I go? Who can I contact? And why is this important to me? And back to the exercise of the clarity challenge, it's finding out what did I learn about myself? And this is something that Alex also talked about that maybe he shouldn't be sending, you know, dozens and dozens of emails <laughs> to someone to try and get their attention because that's just super annoying. And, you know, if you've ever been the recipient of a whole bunch of emails from somebody, it's like, okay, enough. So there's either two ways of looking at it. One, blocking them and trying to make sure that they don't get in touch with you. Or finally saying, okay, I give up. What do you want? I'll give you five minutes. <laughs> Tell me in five minutes what it is that you want. And then I'll see if it works. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. But maybe it's also thinking about your approach. You know, how are you approaching the situation? Getting back to if this is important to you, why is it important to the person that you are trying to get in touch with? Because if you can make that connection, right? It's all about connecting again. If you can make that connection with the person that you are trying to connect with and find that that link, that win-win, then you're in. You found that third door for yourself. So until next time, think about how you can find that third door for yourself, how creative you can be, how you can use your connections and use them in a good way because we're all trying to help each other. Everyone starts from scratch. Everyone starts from the ground up. And so sometimes when we are in a position that we can help someone else, giving them a hand to help them up and give them a chance. And if you haven't had a chance to do the Clarity Challenge, I highly recommend you do that. Because for me, it has made all the difference. And it's giving me that sense of being on track and being clear about the direction that I'm going in. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.